0: On this edition of the Bellator Christie podcast, we're going to talk about the Western culture's arrogance and the need to learn from the global church, as well as issues with abortion and the value that Christianity places on human life. Crucified, crucified, the new man's gonna
1: make it, but the old man. Bye. Yeah. you are listening to the bellator christie podcast brought to you by bellatorchristie.com now join your host brian chilton as we enter the arena of ideas
0: Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics uh, While taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas This is the Billator Christi podcast And we hope you're doing well today uh, We thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast And uh, hope you're doing well uh, Still trying to get... Okay, alright, I think we're ready to go here <laughs> I've got, uh, for the first time uh, as As promised uh, I do have the uh, podcast going live uh, on YouTube at the same time that I am uh, recording it uh, for the regular podcast. So if you want to go to youtube.com uh, forward slash Bellator Christie. Uh, <laughs> I got my cat here trying to jump on things. Uh, let me get him down. Ah, and that's the joy of live streaming. <laughs> Well, all right. So anyhow, uh, trying to get him down. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that. So when you go live, uh, especially on YouTube, there's no telling what you're going to find, what you're going to see. So anyhow, uh, this is uh, the Bellator Christie podcast where we take up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics uh, while stepping into the arena of ideas. Uh, On today's podcast, we have a lot of stuff that we want to uh, talk about, Uh, a lot of things that's been going on in society. Uh, I, by nature, am uh, not a political person, uh, but there are times where uh, politics does enter into the world of theology and so uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of things going on uh, that has happened this past week uh, That we need to mention not really political, but it does enter into the genre of politics I do want to mention that since uh, this is being recorded live on the YouTube channel I don't have a set time right now, but if we if, uh, if 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 people have a particular Opinion about what time would work well for them. If they like the case of the podcast, you can shoot me a note at uh, Brian Chilton, C-H-I-L-T-O-N, at com, and I'll see what I can do. But right now, uh, I am live streaming. Uh, it's on the YouTube channel. And if you do have any questions and would like to interact with the content today, if you go over to the YouTube, uh, YouTube channel, you should be able to type in uh, a comment there, a question there, and then I will uh, deal with those questions later live uh, as the uh, podcast. Uh, goes on Uh, but it would have to be during the live taping of the podcast in order to get your question on there if you do have a question and you don't make the live feed that's okay too Uh, you can actually go to uh, bellatorchristy.com and uh, while you're there there is a uh, link uh, where you can uh, submit a question to Bellator Christy and I will try to uh, either email you an answer if it's not something that I could answer on the podcast uh, or your question Maybe uh, the uh, fodder, if you will Or uh, maybe the topic of a future article Or a future podcast So go to bellatorchristie.com should be, I think, on the right, top right section of the screen And you can click your question And then I'll get to it, uh, Lord willing, as soon as possible So there's a lot of stuff I would like to talk about uh, on today's podcast First and foremost, there is a... Uh, an issue that took place this this past week uh, that's been in the news and, and on the minds of several uh, different Christians, and that is uh, the United Methodist Church delegates uh, meeting last beginning last Saturday uh, met together as to ask the question as to whether or not they would accept uh, LGBT marriage uh, or LGBT clergy in the United Methodist Church. Now, it's important for us to set the backdrop on this in that the United Methodist Church is a global denomination. It's not just found in the United States, it's also found in Africa, found in Asia, all over the world in fact. South America is found there as well. Uh, So there was a big question mark this past weekend as to whether to move forward to accept LGBT individuals in, in or or should revise uh, their church's doctrine and practice regarding these issues. Uh, the uh, one article says they will consider, several proposals, including one favored by some of the bishops called the One Church Plan, or at least they were, which would drastically redefine marriage to include same-sex unions and allow for LGBT clergy in attempts to carve out exceptions for conservative clergy and laity that disagree with such a radical departure from church tradition. In other words, it, it seemed as if, if they took the One Church Plan... Uh, there would most likely be a departure of conservative churches from the denomination. The article goes on to say that on the first day of the conference, United Methodists heard a convictional and pointed address against the proposed liberal reform by Dr. Jerry P. Uh, Kula, an African delegate who is a professor at the United Methodist Seminary University in Liberia. And uh, you can read his uh, remarks online if you'd like to do that. But uh, one of the things that he said, uh, one, one of the impressive things that he said, and, and which is really going to be the topic, I'm not really going to address the issue of LGBT. I'm not going to ju- address the issue. Let me just say that uh, one thing that we do need to remember, and um, I've said this many times before, we need to understand that we need to love everyone, okay? We're commanded to do as such. But that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. And that's something that I think, quite honestly, our culture has forgotten, that it's, it's okay for us to disagree with one another on issues, but we can still love one another. That's something we need to remember. But uh, the, uh, the Kula, Dr. Kula says in his address, he says, Friends, uh, please hear me. He he says as much that we are not afraid of our sisters and brothers who identify LGBT, questioning, or what so on and so forth. He says, we love them and we hope the best for them. And we know of no compelling arguments for forsaking our church's understanding of Scripture and the teachings of the church universal. And then please hear me when I say, as graciously as I can, that we Africans are not children In need of Western enlightenment, because there was a comment that was made. I I need to put a set of backdrop for this. There was a comment that was made uh, by another individual during this time that uh, that the church needed to grow up. Okay, that's that's the way it was termed. Uh, So he says, but he says, he says when it comes to. there was Western enlightenment. We uh, we do not hear a progressive U.S. bishop. We do not need to hear a progressive U.S. bishop lecture us about our need to grow up, and that's what was said. Let me assure you, we Africans, whether we have liked it or not, have had to engage in this debate for many years now. We stand with a global church, not a culturally liberal church elite in the U.S emphasis added there he says with all due respect a fixation on money seems more of an american problem than an african one we get on, by on far less than most americans do we know how to do it i'm not so sure you do so if anyone is so naive or condescending as to think we would sell our birthright in jesus christ for american dollars then we simply do not then they simply do not know us we are seriously joyful Um, In following Jesus Christ and God's holy word to us in the Bible And in truth we think many people in the U.S. and in parts of Europe could learn a great deal from us The UM churches, pastors and lay people who partner with us acknowledge as much Please understand me when I say the vast majority of African United Methodists Will never ever trade Jesus and the truth of the Bible for money Now Again, I'm not even going to address the LGBT issue. I'm not going to address that on the podcast today. It's been addressed a hundred times by other apologists and so on and so forth. One of the things I want to address as it pertains to this issue is I want to address the, the arrogance that, quite honestly, I believe was shown... Um, I mean, I don't know all the details. I wasn't there, and I'm not going to accuse anyone of anything. But it uh, it does seem that we as Americans many times do have this ideology or we do have this belief system that our culture is greater than other cultures. And I think many people would agree with that. No matter whether you're conservative or liberal, what I'm sure about everybody who listens to my podcast is most likely a conservative. But I'm just saying that uh, that I think everyone would agree, whether they be conservative or liberal, would agree in the fact that um, we could learn a lot from the global church. I wonder. I mean, I've I've been hearing about our brothers and sisters in Asia and in parts of the world who where the church is growing while they're being persecuted. Would that happen in the United States? I don't know, because I kind of seriously doubt it. Because we a lot of times have this—we we talk about people growing up. I think we as American Christians are the ones who need to grow up. To be blunt, because if we stub our if we, if we stub our toe or something doesn't go our way, the first thing we do is we cry and sob and we say, "Well, Jesus doesn't love us anymore." Do we not? I think if we're quite honest, I think that's what we do nine times out of ten as American Christians. So I think instead of the African church, instead of them needing to learn from us, I think we need to learn from the African church in this regard. Now, whether or not you agree with the African church's stand on this issue, that notwithstanding, the issue I'm addressing is the fact that we, many times as Americans, believe that our culture is superior to other cultures. And here we are in an issue, here we are in a situation where the African church is, is staking a claim in the Bible and saying we are not going to budge. One group was talking about finances. The other group was talking about the Bible and being true to Jesus. That is what I'm talking about today. The American church could learn a lot from the African church in three different ways. One, the American church could learn from the African church's boldness. One thing, whether you agree with, uh, with, uh, with a brother in Christ from Africa, whether you agree with Dr. Kula or not, One thing you have to admit is that the man had boldness for Christ. The man had boldness, and he was not about to lower his Christian convictions for any type of political correctness. I think we are too politically correct in America, and it is suffocating us. We cannot have intellectual dialogue anymore because we are so worried about hurting a person's feelings. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to be brash and that we need to try to hurt people's feelings. Because I've heard people say, "Well, you say this," and then they'll say all manners of of hateful things and, and use that as an excuse to do that. Or they'll try to bully people and they'll use that as an excuse to do to try to get their way. That's obviously not the case. I'm talking about intellectual dialogue. We don't know how to do that anymore, and that's p- part of the reason why we are in in such the shape we are, where social media has become a firestorm. And quite honestly, you know, there there is a potential. I think that uh, that quite honestly that um, we may see another civil war in our in our nation. For all we know, I've said that. I said that on the very first podcast when this was Redeeming Truth Radio. When I was on Blog Talk Radio. The very first podcast, I expressed my concern that if things didn't change, if we didn't know how to talk about issues and work through different issues and converse with one another, that we were heading towards another civil war. And I think that, quite honestly, my opinion in that regard has only strengthened as time has grown. We don't know how to have intellectual dialogue anymore without getting emotionally uh, caught up in the issues and, and not being able to see past our own selves. And that is problematic. That is very problematic. So I think we can learn from the African church's boldness. I think, number two, the, Af- the American church can learn from the African church's devotion. Their devotion was to Christ And not to political parties. Their devotion was to Christ and not to political correctness. Their devotion was to Christ and Christ alone. And that is something we need in the American church. We, quite frankly, have our uh, emphases placed in several different things and, and, and we are so busy anymore that we don't have time to take with Christ. We don't have time to take with God. And our... Relationship with God is suffering because of that. Excuse me, that very thing, that very issue. We we need a greater devotion to Christ in the American church, and I think the devotion uh, from Doctor Kula was clearly seen in uh, in his address. and And thirdly, the American church could learn from the African church's focus. Notice it was very interesting and kind of troubling, really, that uh, the issue of finances was brought up, and it was basically said, my understanding, and and if I'm saying this wrong, you know, someone email me, text me, whatever, let me know that I'm off base on this, but it it appeared that uh, it was said to the African church that you need our finances to be able to survive. The emphasis was placed more on money, and that's, that's troubling. That's troubling in my opinion. But he said that the emphasis, their emphasis was not going to be, their focus was not going to be placed on finances and worldliness. It was going to be placed on pleasing Christ. That was their devotion. That was their focus. And we as Christians, as American Christians, could learn a lot from that. You know, a lot of churches. It seemed like from what I've read from Dr. Tom Rayner, that a lot of churches in America today don't even wish to make changes until things have gotten so bad that their finances are, are begin to shrink. And when the finances, when the money is not coming in anymore, that's when they decide to make decisions. But by that time, it's already too late in many cases. The problem with the American church is that we have placed too much emphasis on entertainment, on being entertained. We've placed too much emphasis on money, finances, trying to be seen by other people, trying to be seen as successful by other people instead of placing our focus on, on serving Christ and serving Him with our gifts and abilities. you know, God has called me to the PhD program. He may not call everyone to the PhD program, and that's fine. That doesn't make me better than someone else. That doesn't make someone else better than me because they don't have one. Uh, we have to live out our callings to Christ and do what God has called us to do as individuals. And if we could learn how to get along with one another just to keep our focus on Christ, then we would really see some great things happening in today's church, I believe. But the reason we don't in many cases, the reason we don't in many places is Is because we have placed too much money, too much emphasis on worldly things and not enough emphasis on Christ. And we cannot expect to grow spiritually, numerically, so on and so forth, unless we put that focus on Christ. And numbers is another issue. I think we put too much emphasis on numbers. Yeah, I really do. You know, sometimes I think smaller communities might actually be better. You know, to, to be honest, because, because people can get to know one another and they can grow with one another uh, in, in that sense. So, yeah, I think sometimes we do place too much emphasis on numbers. And I think that's one of the things that the millennial generation has right, that they're not as, in, they're not as intrigued by these things as, as many older generations are. They, are. they want legitimacy, they want authenticity, and that should be the case for all of us, quite frankly. So, yeah, we could learn a lot from the global church. We could definitely learn a lot. Well, we're going to take a little uh, brief break, and then we'll return here in just a few moments and talk about uh, an issue, another issue taking place that's um, really quite... (laughs) Quite frightening, in my opinion. Uh, I'll address a conversation I had uh, with with some folks on this issue and an article I wrote that was published uh, in a newsletter in Indiana. uh, That and a lot more coming up on the Bellator Christie podcast. Bellator Christi is now on YouTube. Go to youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christi and catch the podcasts as they're recorded live. And you, there you can interact with the content, ask questions live on the podcast, and your questions may be included. If you don't make the live podcast, be sure to go to BellatorChristi.com and click Submit Your Question, and your question may be featured on a future article or podcast. Again, we thank you for your support and thank you for listening to the Billator Christie Podcast. All right, we're back on the Bellator Christie podcast. This is Brian Chilton. We thank you for joining us. I do have uh, one more thing to discuss before we close out today's podcast. And again, uh, we want to thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast today. I don't think I mentioned it from the outset uh, uh, because <laughs> our cat jumped on. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped on the table and uh, and was trying to get him off. And I think, uh, quite honestly, I forgot after that. Uh, but the Bellator Christie podcast is a production of BillatorChristie.com. We do want to encourage you to go to uh, BillatorChristie.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to click subscribe. And uh, by doing so, you'll be able to get all the articles and uh, links to the podcast as they become available. Again, uh, I am now uh, trying to, I, I won't be able to do the interviews uh in this regard i won't be able to uh whenever i interview someone i won't be able to do the live feed uh th- through um youtube at least right now uh at least right now but um it may be, there's maybe some technology you may know about that will help maybe help us to help me to be able to get that done but as far as right now as it goes right now i won't be able to um Whenever I do interviews, I won't be able to have that on the live feed. But as I'm doing these conversational pieces, uh, I will be able to live stream those on YouTube. And this will give you a chance to interact. Uh, You will have to catch the live show. And if if there is interest in that, uh, I will obviously – I will – trying to pick a time that works for most people to join with the podcast uh kind of testing it right now but again i want to thank over uh the over 80 people who subscribed i had about 20 people when i first started the youtube account it was 80 people in less than what well, goodness two or three months it was around two or three months time i was able to get over the 100 uh mark threshold to be able to change the live feed to uh or the url excuse me to uh, bellator christian i mean excuse me YouTube youtube.com forward slash billator christie so you can go there and you can catch the podcast if you missed uh, the podcast um or, lift list the live stream, you can still catch the video. And of course, you can listen to the podcast uh, on several different means. You can go to iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Google Play, and uh, there'll be some extra things there with the audio version uh, there available for you as well. So, I want to uh, close this out by, uh, close the podcast out by talking about another issue that is uh, quite concerning for me. Uh, in in many in many means many ways. Um, again, I'm not a very political person, but I am very strongly pro-life, uh, and that's something I have been for many many years. If you've listened to the podcast, you know my stand on this, and uh, I, I just it, it just th- this really bothers me uh, that there are uh, individuals and in states that are um, changing. The rules, even for abortion, to now allow abortions to take place uh, up to the point that the child is to be born. I mean, this this has really gone way uh, in in left field now as to the the, the um, <laughs> this is a fully formed baby, okay. I know the arguments talking about whenever the conception happens. You know, some people see the individuals being just a, a lump of matter or you know molecules or whatever. Uh, that obviously, but now we're talking about a fully formed baby. Okay, so so the the line of demarcation has now shifted to allow abortions to take place on the day that the baby is due. This is a fully formed baby. And so I wrote an article back on February 5th. This has been shared in a newsletter in Indiana. It was a cover article for a newsletter in Indiana, and I'm very appreciative of the individuals who shared that. But I talk about three different ways in this article that theology, a person's theology, impacts their view on this issue. If you don't believe in God, then there's no purpose to life. Okay, uh, it's like I was talking with a lady the other day. It was, uh, she's talking about teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. And I told her, you know, the, the focus of Ecclesiastes is on the last section because if you read the book without having the last section in, in uh, mind, then, man, you'll need a Prozac by the time you reach chapter 5 because everything is meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And, and what I think Solomon's doing in that case or the author's doing in that case is he's showing that a life without God, very well ahead of his time a life without God does not have any purpose or does not have meaning whatsoever if there is no God then there is no purpose then it doesn't matter if you commit a you know if you have abortion or or do whatever if God doesn't exist then nothing matters and if God doesn't exist and if you're an atheist then you really actually have no ground for calling anything morally good or evil because nothing is good nothing is evil they're all. You may as well be a Buddhist. Everything's an illusion. There's also purposeless in the theology of ethics. I mean, again, there's no right and wrong in a world where there's no God. And then there's also the purposeless in the theology of God. You know, this whole idea that it's my body, my decision, illustrates an inherent desire to be the sole master and commander of one's body and of one's destination, and one of the one of the things that people don't want to do, a lot of times, and I guess this is just human nature. You can call it human nature. I think it's sin, quite frankly. I think it's part of our sin nature that we don't want anybody being in control of us. We certainly don't want to think that God might be in control of us. You know. Um, so this is a problem. This is a problem. So what you think? So again. It says, John, um, Stone Street said this past week in a conference, Ideas have consequences, bad ideas have victims. And he eloquently said this past week, and he's absolutely right, that normally the victims of bad ideas are children. Children are usually the ones who suffer when bad ideas and bad decisions are made. Children are suffering in this issue because you're talking about killing a baby at the moment of its birth. Children suffer in this whole sexual revolution because they're no longer they no longer have their parents, which studies after you you can be angry with me if you want to, but studies have shown studies have shown quite substantially that children do best in a home where they have both their mother and father. Dads are needed. That's not a popular thing to be said now, but it's true. It's not about popularity. There again, we need to go back to the African church's stand because they were standing upon truth and not on political discourse. Again, going back to what we said earlier, I think we can learn a lot from the African church in this regard, with their bold stand, whether or not you agree with them or not. That Their bold stand is, is quite impressive. So, how we view God makes a difference. Belief in God will also do three things. A belief in God places value on each individual's life. If God exists, people have value. That means you have value, I have value. It doesn't matter if I'm pasty white as you can see in the camera. It doesn't matter if I would be dark. It, would, it wouldn't be matter if I am brown or yellow or 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 or, or whatever. Which I've never seen a yellow person, unless they had jaundice or something. I don't know where that red and yellow, black and white. I've never seen a yellow person, you know, outside of someone who has you know problems with their liver. Um, but anyhow, that's just one of those things that we do sorry my mind goes in some strange direction sometimes anyhow uh, but yeah no matter what skin tone we have our life has value our life has value a belief in God places a value on a person's purpose realizing that there is a that God has a purpose for each and every person he's created now that person may not live up to their purpose to their God-given purpose. But that doesn't change the fact that God has given each person a purpose. And belief in God is actually the foundation by which we know that a person has inalienable rights. In a, in, a, in a godless society, no one has rights, no one really has value, no one has a purpose. Uh, you, how can you say that everyone has rights if there's no right and wrong, if there's no moral legislation, no higher power holding us all accountable? You can say, well, society dictates laws. Well, yeah, Nazi Germany dictated laws. Stalin's Russia dictated laws. It, there's, Pol Pot's regime dictated laws. But that doesn't mean that they're morally right. Belief in God is the foundation by which we know that each and every person has rights, and even that young child in the womb of its mother has and should have rights. And I tell you, folks, something that greatly concerns me. I, was, I had a conversation with a couple of folks this past week. I, I won't mention their names because I didn't ask permission to, to mention their names, and so I won't. And so I, I had a, a conversation with, with a few folks, and I, and I told them, and, I, and I, this was wholeheartedly the truth. It concerns me because if we devalue, have devalued life at the front end of a person's life to the point that we're willing to allow a person to have an abortion on the very day of the child's birth... What's to say that in the future that won't happen at the end of a person's life? And I think that's already, that's already begun. At what point are we going to see people say, well, once you reach a person or once, you, once you reach a certain age, we're not going to give you health care anymore. Once you reach a certain stage in your life, you're, you're just, you're, just no, you're no better than a fetus, so we're just going to cast you off. See, there there is a great concern I have not only with the abortion issue but the but how we view human life. And in a godless society, in a godless culture, human beings tend to lose rights because value it has their value has been lessened. The Judeo-Christian worldview is not only true because it's historically true. It is the basis, it provides the sturdiest foundation by which cultures can build a, 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 a society with, that, with the value that they place on each and every human being. In an atheistic society, it doesn't work. And that's why you see all these grave injustices. I know you can go back and say, well, this this certain culture, this Christian culture did this, or this Christian culture did that. I know we all have flaws and we all have mistakes we've made. I get that. But at the same time, the Judeo-Christian worldview is the basis that provides individuals purpose, value, and rights. And once you take away God from the equation and you take away... The, the, the value that God has placed upon individuals, then everything can, then anything goes. And I fear for our nation, our, I fear for the American church more now than I have probably ever in my 15 plus years of ministry. So I, I would just say to you, friends, we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our churches. We need to pray for the American church. We need to pray for the global church, that God would strengthen us, He would give us the boldness we need to be the Christians that we need to be, to have a strong relationship with Him and to look for His return, because I believe He's coming sooner now uh than ever before. you know well, each day that passes is one day closer to his return but even still, you know I hear many people say, how much longer can God let this go on? I don't know you know uh, we'll see. you know it may be that, that there's still many more years left on planet Earth, but we don't know. anyhow, lo- long story short, you need God to have purpose. Belief in God grants us that purpose. it truly does. And uh, because of that, Christians need to stand against abortion. I, I really believe this, especially, especially these late-term abortions. I, I, I'm against abortion completely, but especially these late-term abortions. I, this is just really, this is really very startling to me. It's, it's very startling uh, and, and very concerning as to the ramifications of where this type of thinking might lead. Well, anyhow, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christy Podcast. We'll see you back next time. Thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com. We'll see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas.
1: The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of BellatorChristie.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Kayla Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit BellatorChristie.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.